<laughs> I'm Todd A. The, this is the Todd and Taylor Show, Wednesday in Westeros. Westeros. I'm going to say everything wrong today. <laughs> Go for it. Just piss <laughs> off everybody who's, who thinks they have the right pronunciation. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes. Other times, I guess it's up for debate. We'll leave you. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of like um, Lord of the Rings. When I saw those movies, I was like, that's how you say that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, well, there's a lot of stuff in Marvel Comics, too. Like, I, for the longest time, I think Kevin Smith mispronounces every, like, DC villain name ever. Or, like, even, like, anything involving the Greek gods. Like, he pronounces Hippolyta Hippolyta. And he pronounces, like, uh, um, what's the, what's the, uh, oh, there's the villain in, the, the, the main villain in Doctor Strange. Not Baron Mordo, but the other, like, the, the evil demon devil guy. Um, oh, God, what's the? Uh-huh. Ah, um, uh, it's not Trigon. That's DC. What the hell's the? It's the. I don't. Marvel I don't know anybody. Fights oh. Doctor Strange. We'll come back to it. It's it's and it crosses it crosses through lines anyway. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> jump into this because for starters, uh, you were not with me last week. No. You were on the road. I was, and I apologize, and I was so mad about it too because I had watched episode seven once and was like all gun ho to talk about it. Uh, so it's it was, but it was nice to listen to you, uh, to, to not you know it was nice to listen in and not hear my own voice and actually hear you <laughs> run a show for a while. It was actually kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, that's cool. Thanks again to our special guests, Brian and Fia, who subbed um, a, little, a little bit last minute. That was kind of an improvised thing that you and I discussed briefly over email, and luckily they were available. They did um, great. You guys did great. I'd love to have them back on um, sometime in the future. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, def we'll definitely gotta, we got to work something in. So, um, uh yeah, so what, you know, because you were not in the recorded discussion last week, yes. uh, what did you think about last week's episode? So we are now talking about um, The Broken Man, right? We're talking about episode <clears throat> seven for just a brief moment, I guess. Yes, episode seven, yeah. which I, I believe was The um, Broken Man. Oh, goodness. I mean, there's... It, they've they've really started to figure out the season, and I I would argue they had that figured out in seasons one and two, how to pair the scenes together in the most efficient way so that it it's not so jarring story wise. We're gonna see a lot of that in episode eight too when we discuss it, but I feel like just kind of focusing on all the stark stuff um, worked out really well. You know, just the the way they're structuring these these episodes. Well, again, very reminiscent of one and two when they kept big chunks of story to kind of you know thematically together or even uh, geographically together. Um, so that was that was cool. I think the big moment that everybody's talking about that I was so sad I couldn't mention last week is just the arrival of little Leanna Mormont. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm so glad you said her and not uh, the Hound. <laughs> the Hound. Said, okay, so so I will say this. Actually, the the big sort of squee moment for me was seeing freaking Ian McShane, who I knew was going to be making a, a cameo. They announced yeah. it, like, Ian McShane's, but then I had kind of forgotten about it, and then oh. they never said who he was. Oh, I never read who he was going to be, so I I didn't even know what to look for. So I'm like, well, maybe he'll show up. And, and strangely, I actually thought he did pop in already in a past episode, either as like a wildling or I think he. I could have swore I, I caught a glimpse of him. I'm like, well, maybe that's who he is. So it was really cool to see him. 
in the you know in an episode as E. McShane, you know, it, it, with a story arc that was one episode long. That was kind of cool, even though you know it was sad to lose that character so fast. But it was really cool to, you know, he's done. Um, and even more, yeah, so, that was wasn't that a weird cameo though. I mean, uh, when he showed up, I was like, wow, this is going to be a really important part. That's going <laughs> to definitely you know uh, resonate over several episodes. And then, nope. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't. We didn't need we didn't need a last minute character of that magnitude played by Emic. Well, that's true. You know, it, it, I'm glad they showed restraint. More so, the whole thing for me was just a big old giant commercial for freaking American Gods when that comes out next year. Because he's playing, <laughs> he's playing Mr. Wednesday. And so I'm just like, oh my God, this is what it kind of might sort of be like. Just with him, you know, being this kind of wise, scraggly character. You know, I just, I, I know Wednesday is way more complicated than that, but just, oh, I can't. Just seeing him on TV in that way was just, oh, it made me all excited. It made me so excited, I started plotting out a potential American God show you and I can do when that actually starts um, <laughs> next year. But all that to be, all that aside, no, Leanna Mormont. Yeah, um, yeah, back to Leanna. Jesus. The, the like, badass of the, the whole episode. Someone mentioned to me uh, later on, because I'm like, oh, who would have thought? They're like, well, actually, was it Jorah that mentions like you know his uh, his niece or something like yeah. there was one sort of vague mention of her in a there's, past past episode so it wasn't like it was totally uh, unexpected but and, you know. and there's something weird from her like there's a letter to somebody mm -hmm. um, it's it's funny because uh, uh <laughs> yeah every week I'm like you know what I'm gonna research all that stuff I didn't know last week and then every week I I don't do that and so and and even um, let's, let's say I remembered. But she's definitely been mentioned. You know, yeah. she's been a background player in some way. So to see her, you know, sort of materialized was was really amazing. And especially because she was such a badass. Yeah, she was such she, she was such a badass, and she was honestly, um, she was honestly like the the young version of Olena Terrell. You know, kind of walking around like mm. it, like it, mm -hmm. it, it looks like that's how Olena Terrell began as as that kid. Um, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to see. I have this. I have this vision now. I want to see her. I want to see a series with that kid and Diana Rigg, either in Game <laughs> of Thrones or outside of the game, just just pounding around. Cause like, oh, but she was so oh great. God. You know, she was. And, and I would. I'm kind of glad there wasn't like you know all this buildup. Like this is how her parents died, and this is why. Like she just is right. She just sort yeah. of is in charge, and you can kind of deduce your own storyline for why she's in charge. You know what happened to her parents. Uh, you know, older siblings, etc. Um, and the fact that she, you know, has taken to it so well and had her two, like, you know, kind of her mafia advisors sitting on each of her, <laughs> flanking her on each side, and then she would, like, whisper to them, you know, it was like, it, that was just, everything about her performance was badass. I just, I couldn't, I had to rewind it three times just to rewatch it. Yes. Um, you know, it was so great. I, well, and speaking of uh, um, badass women, uh, last week also we saw Olena tell off um, yes! Yes. In like the least like compromising terms. I mean, it was uh, she just unleashed. There was no, nothing yeah. was held back. That's what I'm saying. Like they really know. Like that scene, I did, either followed or came very well. No, maybe they were kind of both in the middle. But just having both of those scenes in the same episode felt really good. You know, it felt instead of putting that because they could put them in opposite episodes, different episodes. They put them in the same one. Makes great sense. And yeah, Olena, you've been kind of hoping for this and. You know, it's it's not like Cersei was surprised by any of this. It's like she it's not like she didn't know how Elena felt about her. And let's not forget Elena was basically responsible for t poisoning Joffrey for God's sake. So it's not like she's <laughs> she's had any sort of ambition to be Cersei's friend, but just having her in her sort of very particular way tell Cersei she's dog shit more or less was really satisfying 
and it, for me, and I think satisfying for just the characters in the show to finally just be like, put it all out there. Well, then, uh, then I'll take you uh, to Bravos from last week, and we'll just yeah. use this to push into this week, which was last week yep. we saw uh, Arya just strolling around in broad daylight yeah. um, and yeah. getting stabbed in the gut, uh, you know, like Rob's wife. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank <laughs> or, you. Or, yes. or John, or yes. uh, uh, any of the uh, countless other people they've done that to. I mean, we can spend has always whole... led to death. So we can spend an entire episode about why she was just trolling around Bravos like nothing was wrong. Like it just just the lack of awareness from her character was startling to say the least. Well, and it was obviously it caused some ripple between you know the, the podcasts we listen to and the blogs we read and stuff where nobody nobody interpreted it as I, well I don't know people had a problem interpreting it because it was like. Well, she's not acting like she's being smarter than this. Mm -hmm. uh, theoretically, she is smarter than this. So, you know, what what's the end game here? What sort of... I, I don't know. It was just... To me, it was just really clunky uh, storytelling on, on Game of Thrones' part. Like, you yeah. know, obviously nobody... Either Arya is the worst student ever, or um, there was, there was going to be some secret reveal. And yeah. so, of course, then this week we realized there really wasn't a secret reveal. Um, well, and one of the secret reveals, which I bought into, and, and I hadn't heard much about until, um, you know, I kind of suspected maybe it was something that was in play. But, you know, every, once, once Arya got stabbed in the way, once that scene played out the way it did, a lot of people kind of resurrected the idea that, well, maybe she and the Waif are the same person. And the Waif isn't <laughs> a real person. It's just sort of a, a duality yeah. of, her, of her personality. And that's why. Yeah. We you know, brought that up on the podcast last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's it's, and I really bought into that um, heavily too. I'm just like, well, that's got to be the only explanation that makes this make sense. But on the same time right. too, I was, I'm like, it's either that or she's actually dead, and they're just gonna come. We're gonna come back this episode, and we'll maybe have you know five minutes of her because they didn't, you know, they, they wanted to leave it in this kind of dramatic cliffhangery mode. So I'm like, well, we'll get more five more minutes, and she'll just die, and that'll be the end of Arya. Uh, you know, pretty inconsequential, but that's the only two ways it could go. So to see her, you know, not only not die of infection from, you know, falling in a dirty river with multiple stab wounds, but like she makes her way all the way to the theater and gets patched up by the, the greatest surgeon in all of Bravos. That, you know, yeah. that woman shouldn't be an actress. She should be like the you know, lead surgeon at Bel you know, Bravos uh, EU. <laughs> um. Yeah, and this weird, like the explanation of where she she likes bad men. This is Lady Crane talking, and yeah. so she's stabbed several of them and then had to patch them up. I thought it was such a tacked on explanation. Like it literally felt like they wrote last week's episode and then filmed it and then went, "Oh wait, how do we have to? We got how do we rescue Arya now?" Doesn't explain it though. Yeah. She was stabbed so many times, and then what? And twisted the knife. And twisted. Was Thank you. Yes, yes, because that and that was really for me. I'm like. Up until the twist, I thought, well, maybe they'll. And then when the twist happened, I'm like, right. oh, well, there's no way she gets out of this. And then just to have her, you know, walking around, and and you know, she gets patched up. And what? What are we meant to think? How much time was meant to have happened? Two days? Three days? A uh, day? I think it, yeah, I think it was like one or two days. Oh, God. Barely. So, so to somehow <clears throat> imagine she's up and at him, you know, with with medieval <laughs> with medieval technology to stitch her up. She's up and at him, you know, not not running around. Well, she eventually starts running around, but like you know, just just up and at him to see Lady Crane killed by the Waif one thousand. You know, the Waif the Waifatron three thousand comes in, and 
just starts this Terminator-like assault on Arya, which was it. Let me before actually before I get to that because I, I feel like the, <laughs> we, it's we, just, we just yeah we just railroaded right through a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I know, but it's crucial to I think for, from this point on, and this is kind of the first big example of it. This entire episode was was literally a season five episode disguised as a season season six episode. In that nothing really happens of that that matters. Nothing. It's just a big fart right. again. Just a big fart yeah. in the wind, but. It's the you know the drama and the music, and by drama I mean the music and the you know the pacing and the editing and everything. Just like it, they made it seem, they packaged it really well. They made it seem more exciting than it really was. So this you, scene, oh yeah, you yeah. really hit on something that we like we just because we didn't have this podcast last year or two years ago to talk about this in depth. You were exactly right. That's what that was. There was such a problem of them doing that in past episodes. Yeah, where because of the the look of it and the music and the cues and stuff, it was like, oh, this is a dramatic story. But then when it's yeah. over and you think about it, you go, but nothing really happened. You know, the yeah. Hound and Arya just walked through the woods for like an hour. But it, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll give some, I'll throw some excuses towards season four if that bugged you. You know, I, there's a lot of it I can justify in hindsight. Uh, can't do that with season five, really. There's so so much garbage <laughs> that we talked about in podcast past, but no. So the wave wave one thousand comes running after our well, no, not running after her. Uh, basically, it's like <clears throat> kind of Terminator walking towards her. Eventually, right. starts running after her, and we're meant to believe that Arya is fit enough to start running around again at full speed, Jason Bourne style, jumping from roofs again, and then there's you know, and that goes on for a while, and the wave just kind of keeps coming at her. And I, I really want to see. I'm hoping either tonight or tomorrow night, someone has done a Terminator 2 mashup with the wave, you know, just you know, walking, you know, like indestructibly walking or running towards Arya, and then like it shows like Sarah Connor running away. You know? There's a great scene where she, wa- she walks out of the house that Arya has jumped out the window of, and Arya's gone one way, and the waif does this totally robotic like scan of the street where her head just snaps like, <laughs> yeah. into focus. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was so Terminator of her. But I like you brought up Jason Bourne because we, I believe, talked about that in our Spy Movies podcast from season one, which you ought to go look up, yeah. um, which was one of the things that was so appealing about those Bourne movies to me when we brought it up was it was all this physical action and people really got hurt. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, when he, you know, hurts his ankle, he can't go running down the street. And here's Arya doing exactly the opposite thing, which was just so superhero-y and corny i mean it was just i i couldn't believe it when she did that you know two-story jump into a stone the... roadway which I he would have broken her knee instantly and then um, the roll down the stone stairs yeah was awful and then she didn't have a concussion i mean like of all the things that we've seen her regular <clears throat> normal people in this show and she just sort of indestructible right. like like it really baffled me because i'm like Surely they know. Surely they wrote the script and went probably a little too much. Was it just that? Oh shit, we got it. This is due today. Let's just turn it in. Just turn it in. We'll just, it'll be fine. Like, was yeah, it yeah. really like one of those things? Because I just don't. I don't see how writers of this caliber just let that happen. I yeah. I I thought that same thing, and all I could justify it with as I was watching it was, I I think they really wanted it to just look like an action movie, yeah, and they I just guess. sort of borrowed all these action movie uh, tropes. And I mean, the scene was exciting to watch. It was yeah. just unbelievable. And you know, one of the things I think of all the time is uh, people will be wearing armor and they'll get stabbed yeah. and they just die silently with like yeah. one wound, yeah. which 
I don't know if that's realistic or not, but uh, uh, you know, Arya. <laughs> I mean, just just for her to keep going when others on the show have you know gone down a lot easier. It seems well, let me really crazy. Let me say. By the way, I'm going to take a propeller head song and sync that to that chase scene. Because I mean, just if you take <laughs> it, just felt like anything the from one the Matrix. With, anything from one with Shirley Bassey on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what is what is that called? I forget. I hear oh. it perfectly in my head. We, I could hum. I know it. exactly which one you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that. Let's, that should just be. I'm sure there will be many memes. But this brings up so so thematically, this whole. I I have been convincing myself this whole time that Arya's storyline matters. That it's gonna like there's gonna right? be some reveal. I oh. said in a past podcast, maybe it's it's something where Jack and is like. Uh, uh, Peter from Office Space, where he's just he's just run down and he's looking to mix things up, and there's going to be a, a bigger chess game he's playing. When none of that turned out to be true at all, I just it, I I got really I just I was trying to put my thoughts together. I went to IO9 like I usually do and just troll the comments. Somebody actually summed up exactly what I was trying to say. Um, so I pasted it in our show notes. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but what they what they basically say and what I agree with a wholeheartedly is that. Everything kind of in this show, or especially her storyline, exists for Arya's self-improvement. Like, she's <laughs> sort of been lifted out of the story as a character and been made some kind of Mary Sue, deus ex machina kind of thing where nothing can, nothing can touch her. And it's really, it, it's kind of infuriating because if you look at all her family, anytime they try to do anything for their own gain, they die. Something happens. John right. thinks he can, you know, change thousands of years of policy in the Night's Watch. He gets stabbed to death. Yeah. Um, Rob thinks he can marry for love and, you know, try to sort the situation out. And he and Anna's mother get stabbed to death. Um, Ned thinks he can be honorable and do the right thing yeah. and, and tell Cersei what's what. And he gets beheaded. You know, everyone else has these terrible consequences for their, you know, their sort of noble or self self satisfied actions except for aria she's the only one she's in and not only that she gets to run around and kind of be you know spider-man for half the episode and just for it for what like there was nothing she's a fairy princess she's a fairy princess in a disney movie where nothing bad can happen and everything goes right for her and i don't understand why she's in this story like that well and back and back to the uh the the fart sense of this episode you know um uh brian talked about last week how he had actually told me off air before the before last week's episode. He said, "I hope the Waif Arya battle is basically like you you see that the Waif is going to kick her ass, <clears throat> and then Arya ducks into that little cave room where she's staying and turns you know blows out mm -hmm. the candle and Ooh. says you don't you don't know how to fight in the dark." So he totally called that. Nice. But then when they executed it, it was it was such a fart. It was like. This is not here comes something cool. Oh, right. it was like this is not a powerful moment, you know. Like she's been beaten. Uh, I, I, I maybe not been beaten. I get it. I mean, she she Arya wins, but what did her training do for her? You know, like like you like this like you were passing on this comment about all these people existing for her self improvement. I think that's exactly right. I mean, she's been doing this for six years now because she started training with Serio in season one. Yeah. And she can't outfight the waif. Like she gets stabbed on a bridge because she's careless. And then, and then, just for her to go from that to the next day when she's with Lady Crane, saying, "I can't go with you because they'll be looking for me." Well, if you knew they were looking for you, why were you on the fucking bridge and throwing your money around yesterday? Well, you know? she was reminded. I, I think she had forgotten. And then she's like, "Oh shit, they are looking for me." Well, I guess. Better but how, how could she have forgotten? I just don't. You know, I mean. None of it Even, makes any you know, sense, man. None of it. And then, yeah. And then um, uh, 
the other it was him. Bug, you can okay, you could say, "Oh, I want to see a moment with her fighting the waif." What what makes us think the waif doesn't know how to fight in the dark? Was that established previously, and I just forgot? No, that was just kind of Brian's. Uh, uh, he was just sort of guessing that that's why they had her go through that whole blindness training, and no one ever mentioned that the waif had also been blinded. So maybe that was waif. the only advantage. The waves but I mean, you know, longer. like you think they wouldn't have yeah, taught yeah. her how to fight in the dark, like at one point in her. I mean, she's like, what is the point of that character? Like, it I, there is no in, in no scenario do I believe that she beat the waif in any circumstance. In no. fact, the waif when Arya's first blinded, like in episode one of this season, uh, I'm pretty sure the waif is telling her that she's got to listen to her. Mm. You know, when she comes up and throws the staff at her and and beats the snot out of her. I, I mean, maybe not, but it's but obviously she was training Arya for that eventuality, I, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing was so stupid and took so much, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It just it just took so much goodness out of that character. Yeah. I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean goodness like uh, moral goodness. I just mean it, 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 she's just not interesting anymore. No. You know? do, you know what I, do you know what I really had hoped happened? I had hoped – when we saw that trail of blood, that it was actually the wave who won and was wearing Arya's like was wearing Arya's face. I, my, I was doing all sorts of crazy guessing like that in my head too. Like I sort of thought maybe we're gonna find out that the wave's gonna peel Arya's face off and it's the wave under there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like Arya was the wave all along that had been chasing the wave or something stupid like that. I mean, yeah, I'm just going yeah. like, how do you get out of this and save any uh, like agency for Arya or any sort of like just energy for that character you know yeah. there's I, I i think i quoted it several episodes ago when in episode one when sand snakes uh kill or i guess uh what's her name alaria kills um uh the martel the doran yeah and, um, and uh, i was quoting like storm of spoilers or somebody who was quoting somebody else saying they did this remarkable thing if they took this character who appeared to be uninteresting uh Prince uh, Doran, and they made him actually uninteresting. And with, <laughs> with Arya, it's like they took this character that for six years we've assumed was interesting. Yeah. And then we just find out, like, oh no, she's she's really not that interesting. Yeah. Like it's, we've and, just, well, and it's yeah. I, I'll I'll say ditto for Jack and Hagar. You know, exactly. Talk about the, the the character who started with so much promise and intrigue, and has just turned into again a big fart. Like the fact that he didn't reveal any sort of explanation for his motives this entire time and more importantly he's like the the leading you know the, the kind of lead assassin badass and he's just like yeah okay you can go like honestly oh yeah i'm like, like I'm literally, he's literally like, threw okay. my hands up in the air when you said that i was yeah, yeah. like i just but he could have they could have even at the very end of there they could have saved the storyline somehow where like you're exactly right. Like Jockin could have explained what he was doing. He yeah. could he could have taken Arya back in the potion room and give her given her some healing potion or sewed her up properly or something. Like even when she walks out of there just standing upright, I was like, You've got to be fucking kidding me, man. There's no way. Or if I mean, you know, she or he like, you know, he disables her sword so she can't, you know, like with one swift jack and move and it's like yeah. something like a girl was always meant to be who you know who she really is yeah. something like that where it's it's revealed that he was never intending to make her a faceless man he exactly was, he was yeah. being bankrolled by you know somebody in the north to help you know man if he had peeled his face off and it had been serial Pharrell in that moment how yeah. fucking badass would yeah that yeah something you and know, then going like, you know, it's you like, know and if he had just said what do we say to the god of death 
and she says, "Not today." Yes. And out oh of there. God. Yes. I would have been cheering, but just to have him smirk oh, at her and then her just walk off, it was so dumb. Chill, dude. <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna fantasize. That's the that's how it really goes to the point where I'll never watch this episode again. Just thinking that's really how it went. How amazing! And we wouldn't have had to see. I mean, Serial could have stayed there this whole time, but just you know, knowing that he's like. I, I was going to look out for, you know, I knew what happened to your family. It was a shitty deal. I've been looking out for you this whole time. So you can have the tools to go back and take what's your, like, that's, you know, that's his plan. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, instead it, it was not that. <laughs> Damn it. I know. Ugh, I don't really know what was. else to say. I mean, I could go for hours and hours about this. Just well, so it was so, eh, but yeah, I know. Let's, let's move Speak, along. Speaking of useless relatives of Catelyn Stark. <laughs> let's go to River Run. Oh where God! The blackfish is so oh, unceremoniously Jesus. deleted <laughs> from the Game of Thrones existence. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, on one hand, we get this really interesting, uh, dramatic scene between Jamie and Brienne. Yeah. Where she arrives, it's it's emotional. Like it was like, you know, oh, that was that was a great. Like it was well acted. It was well written. Uh, it was that was a powerful scene. Like these are Do two people think... that really respect each other and realize they're on different paths. You know. Let me ask you this though. Yeah. Do you think? And I, and it, it, I'm going to ask it separately for each person. Do you think Brienne loves Jamie in the way she loved? Um, uh, oh God. Renly. Renly. Thank you. Yes. Do you think that's, or do you think she respects him as a friend that she's been through a lot with? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a a real respect thing. You know. Okay. Um, because she was really the one that observed Jamie change from being, you know, a, an awful person. Like she was the one yeah. that was right up there. She was the she was us watching Jamie, you know, turn from because he was so nasty to her. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, she just she, uh, yeah, I think she just feels for him in that way. Like they're just you know they are almost siblings. Um, well, um, so so well, we know how he treats his siblings. Do you think he? Do you yeah. think he loves her as a friend or as something more? I think it's the same. I think it's just a mutual respect. Um, I mean, what what's your read on it? Do you think there's some romance there? I don't think. I don't think Jamie has eyes for anyone except Cersei. I would. I would say yes, but then we saw. So we saw a scene where he's, you know, he's like, "I love my sister more than anything," and then Brienne shows up. Either yeah. before or after that, and it's just like it was weird. They would juxtapose those together uh, in close proximity to the point. It yeah. made me. Th it made me think. It just his reaction when she and Pod were rowing away at the end, like the way he, it felt. A, you know, there's a little. I kind of thought a Brian Adams song might start playing. You know, just kind of right, <laughs> it just it had that sort of vibe. I mean, it had that. You yeah. know, Anything I do, it just had that vibe. Oh man, I was thinking Dude. it was going to be all for one with Sting from the well, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. No, soundtrack. no, 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 no. All for one was Three Musketeers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, anything I do, I'll do it for you. Is Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Because like he was so successful in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, like the very next year they're like, here's this new movie called uh, Three Musketeers. Remember that starring Chris O'Donnell? Oh god. And who who was the third musketeer in the Sting Brian Adams uh, uh, sing along? Rod Stewart. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. And you, it's the one you never remember. You're kind. Of, you're right. He's kind of like that guy. You know, he's like the Neil Armstrong, Buzz Adams, and the other guy. Like, but it's Rod Stewart. Um, Oh Those my God. three teamed up for uh for all for one and one for love, so 
Wow. Um, yes, it would have been a, such a great scene. If, <laughs> Join us any, for our, our ours companion podcast, the Songs of Brian Adams, every Saturday through Sunday. Now you've got to recut that scene and just bring that music up right yeah. at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> well, yes. So there, that was you're, you were talking about the he talks to Edmure about uh, his sister, and. Yeah. So, and it was there was definitely like the ghost of Cersei in both of those scenes, you know, like that's who's on Jamie's mind, and it's really interesting to hear him say that, like I just want to wrap this up so I can get back to having sex with my sister. Um, that that was just a, that was kind of a, a weird, honest moment, and I think you uh, and or Brian um, on last week's podcast may have pointed out that. Uh, that Jamie still does not know that Cersei was kind of catting around on him while he was while he was off. Yeah, yeah, with Lancel. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I think it was Brian because I. Uh, but that's true. He has. So, um, so I wonder if they keep bringing that up. Like that's going to be the thing that has them fall out. Well, um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you down a path of logic. We're, we'll get back to the Blackfish. Don't worry. But I want to walk you. I want to walk you down a path of logic. Since we're talking about Jamie and Cersei, and, I, and others have suggested sure. this, it's not a wholly original. Part of it may be. I, don't, I haven't read that in depth, but it seems like they're sort of sending Cersei down the path of last resort. Um, yeah. You know, her parent, her two, first two kids have died, so the witch has said, you know, your third kid will die, and her third kid's the one who's who's basically fucked her more than anybody else, figuratively. You know, he has put her in the worst possible position when he was the one that she loved the most, you could say. Like he was, you know, he was the one she was going to commit suicide with, you know, when they were being invaded by Stannis in season two. You know, there's there's a history oh, there. And it's, God, what a good thing to bring up. I forgot all about that. Yeah, she was going to murder Tommen and uh, and the girl, too. Right. Or no, no the girl. Just yeah. yeah. Marcella was gone because Tyrion smartly was like, we got to get her out of here in case we get invaded. So Tyrion won up on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she had Tommen, Tommen, Tommen in the, uh, in the, in the throne room and they were about to do the, you know, the shade of the lily or whatever that, that you yeah. know, Ooh, the, you're right. of the mucus of the eye or whatever, you know? And so anyway, so she, here's her third kid that who's going to, who's going to do that to her. She's getting increasingly unhinged. And I think we saw the, sort of the, the beginnings of that, this episode where she's, you know, declared, I choose, you know, I choose, uh, uh, what is it? Chaos violence. I choose violence. Yeah. Um, which I am glad the this is a stray note, but I, I'm so glad the mountain finally did something because they keep like parading yep. him around. Like he's this big, you know, this big to do. And we've seen him in his former life as that, but not since they've converted him. So I'm glad yeah. they finally got some action. Like, Oh no, he's here's a, here's, we're going to show him off a little bit, show you what he can do. Was um, it, but, was it kind of like, did you get the feeling that, um, I, I don't mean to jump ahead, but mm -hmm. that the rug was kind of pulled out from under us right after that, when, uh, Toman, um, declares that there will be no, um, uh, trial by combat. Yeah. Like, do you feel like, you feel like you're, you're getting denied more awesome mountainy stuff? Yeah, but we, we, dude, we're, we got as, mo as, as the most awesome mountain thing we're ever going to see when he fought, um, uh, oh, uh gross. Martel, uh, Alarius. Yeah. What the hell is his name? Oberon. 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 Thank you. God. It's like I knew everybody else but him. Oberon's, I mean, that Oberon mountain fight was as good as it's ever going to get in terms of trial by combat. If, unless you're going to do something bigger and better, why bother? Well, I, I am glad that they short-circuited the what we had talked about where, like, are they just going to redo this trial by combat, except this time it's, you know, Clegane Bowl. I mean, it just didn't seem right, like, to have those same scenes yeah. happen. So I'm glad that's not happening, 
but it did feel, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I'll let that one pass. I, there's so many other things to be critical of in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, I don't really care that they, I mean, it is cool that they built it up like Cersei had this, you know, ace in the hole, and then Tillman says, no, no more trial by combat. Well, yeah, and, and so so you got Cersei being pushed closer to the edge, I think, and she's going to, you know, she's going to go the Mad King route, I believe. And I, yeah. I think that for, you know, it, it's, They've been kind of, they've been talking about the Mad King burning a lot this episode. They've been kind of foreshadowing it effectively. I think, as many others do, that when uh, Qui- is it Quyburn is the yep. yeah yep. Quyburn is talking about his uh, you know his his uh, the secrets that he's learned. Um, I, I believe that's in reference to wildfire still around or still being yeah. Stored. Good point. Oh man, good point. You know, because and there's um, that wasn't my first thought. But when I started going through the logic and somebody else mentioned it's there's a couple things it could be, and one of those things is wildfire. I was like, oh, well, it's gotta be. And you think you, she's going to this trial. I, I think she's just gonna I think she's gonna rig um rig some some wildfire and just take the whole world down with her. And Well, do you think she's to- gonna take the world down, or do you think she's got some tactical thing that will go awry? Like she's gonna try to burn Ooh. down the sept. Um but- but something bad happens, or do you really think she's going to go full Mad King and just burn them all? I think she's going to get close, and I think okay. taking it back to Jamie again, he's going to have to decide if he's going to do the same thing again and stab her, stab her in the back. You know, is he going to? Ooh, literally. Literally, is that? Yeah, is is this going to? Oh. Or is he going to take? Is he going to take them both? You know, is he going to take them both out? You know, the Queen Slayer. Well, or oh, just I mean, is, is he going to kill himself and her? To, to stop the madness so that Toman can live and you know be I, I, I don't know but here's uh, two other here's two other things to well, think about. I've got no better intro than what you just said so I got to say this all right that in and other people have said this I mean it's been talked about for years I'm not making this up um, but there has been wild speculation uh, that the rest of that prophecy which says that the Valenquar will kill Cersei she will die at the hands of the Valenquar which means little brother Cersei has always imagined this means Tyrion. Oh Jamie, yeah. But Jamie was technically born after Cersei. If we see the scene, the flashback and like the you know previously on Game of Thrones, like if we see <laughs> They've a been scene, screwing with us this season though. <laughs> I know, but there you know, that's a really old reference, you know. Uh, so it would yeah, be kind yeah. of fun to just be like, my sister and I, you know, she and, and they could frame it like, oh, we're showing you a scene of them talking about how much they love each other, but they're, they're revealing this little detail, which we're teeing up. Here we go, everybody. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, ep- that's not going to be next week. It's going to be episode 10 where that happens. I think next week. No, is gonna be really- I, I think it'll be next season. I think Cersei oh, makes it. Oh, next season. season. Oh, okay. But, I, but, but I'm pretty firmly in the camp that Jamie's going to kill her. I, I, and so, so, I mean, they kind of teed it up. And just the fact that, you know, Brienne is maybe it's not a love interest so much as here's this other relationship that's you know getting as strong as he has in, in Cersei's. You know, it's probably well, the only other woman that he has any kind of feeling or attachment at that level for. I mean, so, I love that you brought up the season two thing with with Tommen because I'd totally forgotten about that. Um, yeah, so she during the siege of the Blackwater Bay or during the Battle of the Blackwater Bay, she pulls him into that room, brings Tommen in. They're gonna, they're, she's gonna kill him. So she does some crazy thing with wildfire. It goes awry or something. She ends up actually responsible for his death. Uh-huh. Jamie simultaneously sees that she has killed his last child and learns that she was fucking Lancel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he snaps <laughs> and uh, becomes the Queen Slayer 
Oh, man. I mean, it's got because I would feel like, and then one of two things will happen. He'll die with her because there is sort of something symmetrical about them dying together, you know, and just sort of, but there's more interesting story to be told if he then, uh, you know, is basically has to leave King's Landing and then go join the, the battle, uh, the battle of the wall or the battle of, you know, whatever I, you want to call it, the final yeah, battle. I just, I, you know, Jamie's one of those, um, is, there's a funny thing I went, I, <laughs> I went back and listened to some of our old podcasts, <laughs> and we were on this, the Force Awakens one. Um, you asked me this question about like, can Kylo Ren be redeemed in later, uh, you know, episodes? And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I said something like, he can be redeemed, uh, but he, I'd, I'll never accept him as a good guy. And but Jamie's You're one of those people. You're not my real that, dad. <laughs> right? Jamie's one of those people that I think could be redeemed. You know, yeah. like even. Yeah. When Edmure is talking to him about, like in that scene in the tent where Edmure is telling him how what a horrible person Jamie is, and the look on Jamie's face, like he's just he's really kind of that really impacts him that he's hearing yeah. all this stuff from Edmure. But what I was simultaneously thinking of was this other episode back when they're you know they're carting him back to King's Landing with Kyburn and, and Brienne and whatever, and um, I think it's Kyburn that asks him something about. Uh, or, or Kyburn says something about how many men he's saved, and how how many how many people do you think you've killed in your lifetime? And and Jamie says, you know, so he says he's probably killed thousands of men, but he saved half a million. Mm-hmm. Kyburn's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the population of King's Landing, like mm-hmm. you know, the Mad King was going to burn them all. I saved them. Yeah. And you know, I mean, there are have always been those noble bits to Jamie's character. And I just, even if he kills Cersei, I, I don't know that he goes down with her. Like, I, I can see him, maybe he yeah. takes the black, and he, you know, he shows up at the no, wall. No, he wouldn't take the black. I think by that point, the black's not even going to matter. That's, that's true. You know, that's it's going to be everyone for themselves, and he might have some heroic, he and Brienne might, because then that puts him up there with Brienne. I think Brienne lives until mostly the end, and so it gives him yeah. somebody else to kind of be his ally, or, or give him that speech, like, you know, you need to redeem yourself, you know, because yeah, he'll yeah. be... He'll be a broken, bitter man if he kills his sister. So yeah, like, that's what, true. What's he going to need? So there's a lot of cool stuff they could do there. Um, yeah. Going to well, Edmure. What, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. If you, Yeah, what were you going to say about Edmure? Edmure, um, so uh, explain to me what just what happened exactly because he had that chat with Jamie. I didn't think Jamie made that much of a case no. at all. And then all of a sudden Edmure's no. acting like he's he's you know he's got his – you know, his dick in a vice or something, he goes and just kind of carry it. It was like he was had like a bomb strapped to him or something, you know, a very, a very 90 diehard kind of moment. Where I'm just like, what is going on? Like, what? Back on the useless characters thing. It's like Edmure is another, of those guys who were like, Oh, well he seems useless, uh, yeah. but I bet we're going to find out that he's, you know, he's got some, some, uh, you know, balls on him and then well, it's like no no, no he's actually useless he's, they cast he's, him up it's tobias menzies from rome and a bunch of other really cool stuff yeah um and so it's like here they they put this amazing actor in this role and you know his little speech against jamie was good but it didn't justify any of that like it's just he was kind of just cannon fodder you know well and then i and then i felt the same way about blackfish like i thought his end was so stupid yeah and then to have him reported dead off screen, <laughs> off screen was apparently he awful. died. Then it was like, man, why? 
I, I can't believe anyone rooted for this guy. Yeah. You know, since season three or whatever, it's like that guy's a badass. I can't wait to see him do badass stuff. And On the we, show, they talk about him too, like that. He's like, anything. oh, he's a he's a badass. Uh, you know, yeah. They, they when he took he and a small group of guys took Back River Run. You know, yeah. like these hard asses. So it's like at the very least, jump in the boat with Brian and Pod. You know, like why, why were why did why wasn't it like as soon as the drawbridge came down? He why didn't he just walk downstairs and say, Brian, I, I miscalculated. Let's get the hell out of here. And the whole yeah, army just yeah. you know disappears out the back door. I mean, I get that like that's what we're expecting and Game of Thrones does unexpected stuff, but it's like, dude, the <laughs> you built this guy up for three well, years. And and what the hell was the point of the whole river run siege if it, we're Yeah. We're oh left, my god, thank you. We're, we're left with nothing changed except the blackfish the blackfish died. That's it. Yes. That's I know. it. <laughs> they, the Lannisters send 6,000 troops, and it just takes Jamie uh, weirdly talking about his incestuous relationship with his sister yeah. to get Edmure <laughs> yeah. give like, up the whole castle. I'll do whatever you want. Stop talking about your sister. Ew. Like, that's basically and there was, was. no uh, – there was just no – Man, just thinking about this makes me all so mad all over again. When and I watched it last no, night, I was just I, I was just staring this. at the screen like you have got to be kidding me. Nobody nobody just, nobody changed. No. The only thing nobody changed, nope. nobody evolved. The only nope. two things that happened were Brienne uh, sorry, Brienne and Jamie met again and the Blackfish died. If those are the only two things you got out of that, you could have you could have achieved those much more efficiently or much you know in a, in a way that served the story moving forward. You know, again, you nailed it in the previous thing you said. There's just no agency. And this is, again, this is season five all over again. Well, that's what I was about to say. You nailed it with your comment that this is a season five episode disguised as a season six. Masquerading. Yeah, and it's just like we didn't get anything. Like, and It's not even like there was a fight. It's just like everyone lay down your weapons. Cool. Everything's back like it was. And it's like, yeah, bleh. So, well, so then the other thing that the whole – the whole Brienne storyline. So we take Brienne and Pod out of the north for some crucial amount of time while Rob and uh, Sansa are building up their army. Mm -hmm. They achieve nothing, you know. She tells Pod, send a raven, tell Sansa I failed. Um, what happens to Sansa now? That's my question. They show, you know, next episode is going to be this this battle of the bastards we keep hearing about. And who she doesn't have it's been established you know between between the, the wildlings and her 62 mormons you know i which <laughs> i understand have the strength of 10 men so, so 620 mormons 620 yeah. mormons but still it's like she ain't got nothing and, and my question is how many how much force are we going to see the eerie bring to bear you know she clearly was writing little finger in her little letter so it's like what you know what uh, what's he going to yeah. bring and then what's he going to expect in return you know, well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the Knights of the Vale undefeated because they fight in the Vale? Yes, thank you. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, because remember when we watched that episode of the Hound and Arya mm -hmm. uh, walking, well, I can't remember what it's called, but I think it has some really cool name. They're basically like in this valley, yeah. and there's all the archers above them, and that was the whole idea of the Vale was like there's no way to approach it yep. except through this like, you know, kill zone <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um yeah, that was such a good scene too when uh you know they like basically knock on the door and <laughs> and uh uh liza's not home or whatever and aria just starts laughing no they're um, like liza dead oh yeah <laughs> he died <laughs> like, he's like, um, ah. 
but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's why the Knights of the Vale are so powerful, right? I mean, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were well, they have triumphant in the, deal, you know, right? in the Rebellion and Robert's Rebellion or something. So they've, they've got the is Valerian Steel of the Vale or is that? No, no, no. It's from Valyria, from like the uh, Doom of Valyria, over in uh, Volantis or so, I don't know what it's called. Is that okay. is Volantis a place in Game of Thrones or is that Volantis? like? Yeah. Is that something else I made up? No, no, Volantis. That's a that's a that's on Slavery's uh, Maybe that was in Middle Earth or something. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, we're we're uh, uh yeah. So Sansa, so it's like with the veil, like. Eh. But you're right. Like, who is her army? I mean, at this uh, juncture, there's a lot of people panicking that Ramsay's going to win, and I think there's no way they can do that because <laughs> no one wants to see a show where Ramsay fights the White Walkers. Like, it's just not interesting. Um, you'd be rooting for the White Walkers the whole time, and nobody wants. You know, that's not what they're aiming for. That feeds into my theory that they're the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The Night King is pretty badass, I will say. Da- Daenerys so, is just a jerk over there. In you know what, where is she gonna get? What's she gonna get? I don't know. It would have been one thing if she's, you know, if she had gotten uh, the Blackfish and maybe two or three of his men that managed to make it out as well. You know, and then she'd at least have some somebody to fight with. You know, Davos about how to command the army. Um, and so it's just like I don't know. And, and on one hand, too, maybe that was why the Blackfish died. Like, well, we've got Davos. We don't need another one. You know, well, and you know, a couple weeks ago, Storm of Spoilers pointed out what was the point of Sansa um, writing secretly to Littlefinger and not telling John what she was doing, mm-hmm. because now John, maybe you know, like tactically, is sort of rushing this fight because yeah. he doesn't know what you know. You can plan on a lot more troops joining you. Like yeah. it, this is good information to have tactically, but to me, the other thing is just like big picture wise, like cinematic. Wise, we already saw Stannis's army come sweeping into the north mm. to defeat, uh, I guess, the Wildlings at that point. You know, in that big battle. Oh yeah, at the end of the that. Rangers. Yeah. And and like that was such a dramatic, like literal, like sweep in. You just they had this above, you know, like this bird's eye shot with all the uh, horses riding through the woods, and you're like, mm. holy crap. Mm. Um, so. So that happens again in the Battle of the Bastards, but it's the Knights of the Vale this time. Yeah, I just don't. It just seemed, and uh, you know, plus why are why are the Knights of the Vale invested in this? If the Blackfish, who is uh, Sansa's great uncle, won't bring the Tullys, to whom she is related, yeah, to fight in this battle, well, why do the Knights of the Vale care? I mean, yeah. they're who. <laughs> it's such a uh, yeah. You know what? The thing that used to be that was so interesting about Game of Thrones in season one and two was that all these intricate politics really meant something. Yeah. You know, if you pissed off um, uh, Varys, there was a consequence because Varys was, you know, like had these spies doing this, and Littlefinger had these spies doing this, and it was like, you know, Ned really didn't know what he was doing. In, yeah. When he goes to the King's Landing, he's listening to Littlefinger's getting advice from him, and you know it's like, oh my God, every little decision has these these ripples out, and now it's just like, oh, nobody cares. Well, uh, you could say though that all that the only person doing that is um, the High Sparrow. He seems to have basically come all those guys with a plan now. By the way, on on a a, a random aside, there, I don't want to go back to Cersei too much, but. I have. Is it just me, or do you think that the High Sparrow intentionally sent Lancel and the homeboys over to see what Cersei would do, so that he knew how to treat her trial? 
Because he's like, he, he's never seen the mountain. They've never trotted him over there to be like, you know, mountain kill. You know, there was none, none of that stuff. So it's like he doesn't know what she's got. They, um, she's never even read, left a red keep really since she got back from her walk. So, you know. That's funny. I didn't really think. Um, I mean, I was sure he sent them over there to intimidate her, but I didn't really think of it as like a information gathering, you know, kind of thing. Like, see, see what she's up to, or that they just reported back, you know, that she had this guy that tore the head off of one of them, and so then, <laughs> then they decided to outlaw this trial by combat thing. Well, and she's the one who called for trial by combat, though. So they're like, we're gonna have a trial. And she's like, by combat. I'm like, okay. Well, did she ever say that to them? No, but you can't. I, I, based on how Tyrion did it, it seems like you should have to call for it. Otherwise, you just get a straightforward trial. It seems like it's an exception. Her whole trial. I, you know, <laughs> I remember in uh, season four or whatever where I was like, man, I don't want 12 episodes of Tyrion on trial. <laughs> uh, dun, dun, and then her whole thing is like they've just been talking about you're only free until the trial. And it's like, God, why is this trial such a big deal? Why don't you just put on trial tomorrow, like the day after the Walk of Shame? Yeah. Yeah, What's that was wrong? weird. You don't, you don't have like barristers and lords and ladies and all this crap that you got to organize like just put her on trial this is yeah. ridiculous nobody has to go get their wigs or whatever it's, <laughs> it's crazy going yeah. back to sansa real quick yes one person who's not going to help her lady, <laughs> lady stoneheart not happening everybody lady stoneheart well, coming at this point lady stoneheart would just be useless i mean exactly. well yes the, when she is a device to make us feel a little bit better about the Red Wedding at the end of book three, where she's, you know, individually murdering Freys, it's interesting. And for those listeners who don't know what we're talking about, Lady Stoneheart in the books is a reanimated version of Catelyn Stark, who she can't speak because her throat was slit, but she's sort of zombified. And is it yeah. um, not Beric Dindarian, but the other guy? Thoros of Mir brings her back, right? Well, and I, I mentioned this last week with Brian. Uh, uh, that it, there is a little video gameness to it. As I understand it, there's some little plot twist where it's like, instead of praying the healing prayer for Beric, Thoros prays it for Catelyn, mm -hmm. and so Beric dies, okay. I believe. So um, although I'm, I'm kind of in the camp that I don't want it to happen because I think it would be a distraction at this point, and there's so many why. other weird things, but Beric, who I was really happy to see. Like, I love Beric and Thoros. I think they are very interesting characters, both in the books and on the show. Yeah. And I, I liked that they always had sort of a, a little, like, peripheral part. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where they weren't going to just join up with the army and do that. Like, they were they were really like the Robin Hoods of the game, you know? Well, they portray, like, it, I, they portray it like that, too. They portray it like, we're yeah. just, you know, doing all thing. It's not like we've been. I mean, they kind of like we kind of catch them like midway, and there is yeah. that sort of like, hey, everybody, remember us? It's just like, no, we've been here. Just you know. Yeah, that's us, a good point. We always thing. see them. They're like involved in something else. It's like you snuck up on them doing so, like you know, the hound just shows up and it's like, oh, we were hanging these guys. <laughs> like well, they, you know, you don't watch them hunt down their you know traitor brothers they're just already mid hang <laughs> yeah yeah and could they have been more casual with the hound they may as well just have said sup bro when he came walking in there's like it was hey, Gregor, so what's going awesome on? i love that whole scene um so yeah i was i was really happy to see them i i bring them up at this juncture only because barrack said something really weird that made me think they've got the the lady stoneheart in the pocket where he said something about like you know well 
Thoris's power to bring me back, you know, one more time, to whatever. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. Oh, so see, I wonder if they so put much. that in our head, no. so that you know, if they want to. I think. I, I'd be I fine with her. I think they're trolling every Lady Stoneheart fan out there who, since season three, has been like, "She's coming," which I think they're as baffled as I am because it's like, here's a character in the books that really hasn't evolved past like a couple chapters and isn't doesn't is very one note, just sort of goes around seeking revenge, Batman style, but you know, on everybody, and it's just like there's nothing. She doesn't do anything. I don't understand what she's there for. Definitely, the whole story falls apart after book three. So yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's Stoneheart's fault. <laughs> well, yes. But, um, but I think she's instrumental in shaping Brienne's plot. But in the show, Brienne has been off of that plot for three seasons now. So yeah. nobody, I mean, it's, there's just no point. There's no, there's no point, you nope. know. Well, and um, they, they did a lot though. I think they just, it, I think they were, that's why I'm saying they were intentionally trolling because they put so much in that episode. They name checked Catelyn and the yeah. Red Wedding a couple times. Yeah. They showed Brienne and Pod heading a direction that they would have been heading to enter, you know, in the books when Lady Stoneheart's people found her. You know, they put a lot of stuff in there, your little note about uh, Thoros. And I actually, for a moment, thought when the hound goes to the, the river to take a pee, um, <laughs> which by the way I have Oh my note. god I was I'm, I know what you're going to say I was I have to know it in my it might have I was taking some notes as the show was going and as soon as, as soon as that happened I wrote excuse me while I whip this out the hound and just you know it's like I it was so I'm like we should we should do the South Park Wiener Wiener song as our oh, no. again <laughs> No you're <laughs> not going you didn't go where I thought you were going to go I was like if Lady Stoneheart's coming back he's oh, going to see her in the river right now yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there was this weird shot of like his feet looking into the river, yeah. and I was like, "Son of a bitch, this body's gonna float up." And in my head, I'm going like, "It's been three years or whatever, you know, like this is gonna be disgusting, oh, whatever." Oh, I see you're going that. No, I, I thought the body that. was gonna appear. Thoros was gonna resurrect her, and you know, she was gonna kill the Hound or something. I or at least it flashed through my head. I didn't really get beyond like that springing to mind. But that's how I'm pretty sure they drag her body out of the river. After, uh, after the Red Wedding, they yeah. just throw Catelyn in the river. Um, there was no... That's, yeah, as they, I recall. They, that's yeah, no, it's been years. It's not. This isn't like a week later or whatever it was in the books. You know? but, I'll, but I'll do you one better. Basically, all that almost except for the fact that they sh a lot of the shots were... You didn't see what was behind him. So they kind of kept showing him yeah. different views. And I was like, he's going to stop... You're going to get a close-up on his yeah. face. He's going he's gonna to shake a pee shake a drip and then turn around and she's going to lady Stoneheart would have just been standing there <laughs> with a knife and she just would have slit his throat right there. And that would have been credits. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, that's what they're going to, because they, that whole episode they had, I don't even care. I'm like, I don't give a damn if lady Stoneheart comes back. Who cares? I'd rather she not. But that episode, as it was building, I'm like, I, I just kept telling myself, I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to do it. They're actually, we're actually going to get it. Oh God. And then it got to, it got to that scene or that, you know, it, yeah. as soon as that happens, I'm like, Oh God, Gregor and Dora, Derek and those guys are just playing him. You know, this is just <laughs> this is like they're just letting him have this moment, and then she's gonna, you know, she's running the show. And yeah, I and it was a massive fake out. You know, it didn't happen. Well, saying yeah. it out loud, I kind of wish it had. Now I'm like, oh shit, that, that <laughs> Dario thing would have been that would have made this episode the best they've ever done. I don't. I didn't. I mean, I, there was no part of me that was disappointed with Dario. the Beric Thoros storyline. Like that was. I, I didn't care, I, you know, it flashed through my head that this was setting up Stoneheart, but yeah. I, I liked just that whole interaction. I love the way they talked to um, 
you know, the Hound. I just, I love how they're so familiar with them. Like, hey, what's up, Clegane? And, you know, he, and I love how he's like pulling on some dead man's boots and, you know, asking them for food. And uh, it's just, it was just like good, you know, like character uh, interaction. That was cool. Um, but, doesn't he tell? Doesn't he say at one point he's like, "Yeah, I always thought you were an asshole, Derek." Or like he he refers to his name. It, uh, is it Barrett? Yeah, Barrett. It's he Barrett. refers to him as Barrett, like first name. He's like, hey, "You've always been a bit of a cunt, Barrett." You know, something like that. Where it's just like, "What the?" Well, know? he said, uh, "He said like I'm. I, I was always a better fighter than you, or something." Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Barrett. It was really cool. You, you were you were better than me that day, and he's like, "I was always better than you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's familiar. You know, they've they've uh, fought each other before, and and all that kind of stuff. And they're they're you know they're characters of Westeros. So are you sad that we're not going to get Clegane Bowl? Well, are we not? We're I mean, not. there's no way they'd have to get him back to King's Landing, both in time and then via character motive that makes sense. I agree that there is there seems to be no motive or time to do that. Um, but once again, I just feel like the rug's been pulled out from under us. Not because people ex expected or hoped for Clegane Bowl, but because why did you even bring the Hound back? Like, what role is this guy playing? I mean, who cares? I like they, I, they literally could have deleted all of his scenes. And as much as I wanted to see Beric and Thoros. They could have deleted all that. It has nothing to do with the larger plot, unless he does I, something else. You know. Yeah, I have I have a theory about all of these things. Every time you okay. see a character sustained like that, so Jamie, him, yeah. uh, you know, anybody who you're like, why are they still around? I have this feeling that the last season, everybody's gotcha. going to have a very crucial role to play in the the war against the White Walkers. There's going to be yeah. something they I, do, and there's going to be some kind of real. You think about all those those character moments we need for that to feel satisfying. Like somebody's gonna have to sacrifice their life for you know for some you know cause or for you know for yeah. some move that they're doing. Somebody's gonna get turned. You know, one of them that they know is gonna get uh, die Good and get point. turned or get turned turned. So it's like we got you know some one of those people. There's some you know all these different things, and then, well, then you know, one character is gonna betray another one, just kill them outright because of you know some revenge or something. So it's like you know. Uh, Arya might kill the Hound. The Hound might kill Arya. There's all kinds of things. You know, Arya might watch yeah. the Hound turn into a White Walker. He might sacrifice himself. You know, there's all kinds of things. So I you agree. Look at, you look at this moment. The scene he had with Ian McShane and, and, and the traveling hippies. Like, there's a, there was there was sort of exposing a kind of a, a longing for him to have a a, mo a good moment. You know, and you even rewind him back to when remember when he confronted Sansa during Stannis's invasion in, in uh, season two before he fled King's Landing, there was that Sansa goes back into her room to get her stuff and, and yeah. Clegane's just sitting there kind of drunk and just kind of, because he's so freaked out by the fire, he's basically like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, you know, a broke down convent, you know, confession to her. I, I feel like there he he keeps wanting to have not moments of redemption, but just moments of like a good life, even if they're fleeting. And I wonder if like, yeah. We, that so that when he gets to the wall or we gets to that that battle that happens he's it, it'll be more satisfying to see that anyway. well it's true man's got to have a code yeah. <laughs> that was my long-winded way of saying man's got to have a code um so i think we should uh i want to say one quick thing about marine and then yeah. i think we should speculate wildly on okay. next week okay um so uh marine was yet another to me um rug pulling incident where Jesus, yes. you know, there's all this time about you know Tyrion. You know, we've tried your way. Now we're going to try diplomacy, yeah. and diplomacy has failed. And <clears throat> uh, Dragon Mother lands on the roof to escape them again. Plus, there was this other weird thing. 
Um, granted, now I'm thinking of it all and like, what what does this mean for next season? What are, what does it mean for all these characters? But there's another weird scene of like Tyrion being awkward with Grey Worm and Missandei, and mm-hmm. I I kind of felt like, oh, we're gonna get the payoff from that weird awkward scene at the beginning of the season, uh-huh. and then instead like there's you know they they at that moment get attacked, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, this is weird. Now they now they hate him for sure. Because his diplomacy failed. <laughs> well, nothing happened. Again, this is like that season five thing where we had two episodes of this buildup of right. Tyrion's, a, Tyrion's a, a master politi- a politics yep. uh, manipulator. He knows what he's doing. We get this plan. He's learned from five previous yep. seasons of how to do this. And in another episode, it just wipes all that away as though <laughs> nothing happened. It's just like, nope, guess not. It's like they just reset everybody back to zero. I'm like, I know. I just last? don't what? get it. And, and it's weird because it's like if you're looking at it like this giant chessboard – or risk board or something, you know, or the whatever that giant game of risk that uh, you know Davos and John are playing up in the <laughs> mm-hmm. when they're showing the armies as little you know uh, figures. Um, yeah, so you're mo- you got some uh, Daenerys' ships were burned several episodes ago, mm-hmm. and she needs a thousand ships. She said that uh, we know that Euron has told his people to build a thousand ships. Then we watch Theon and Yara. Leave with the fastest ships. Then the <laughs> masters um, show up to start burning the city. So someone has to save Marine. They have to have ships <laughs> mm-hmm. so that Daenerys and all the Dothraki and everybody can leave. Yeah. Um, but why undo Tyrion's diplomacy in the process? Like it was such a goofy yeah. thing. So here's the other goofy thing is. So I, I didn't even look into this because I didn't want to. I didn't want to annoy myself. But I did see a comment about uh, where someone said, "So, Varys was running the Sons of the Harpy all along." Wait, who said that? But can you explain this? Like, I, this this is me taking wild conjecture and making it even wilder because I didn't look into what the actual conjecture was. <laughs> Why would he? What would he gain from that? Doesn't make any sense. What, what he's he... he's leaving in this episode. We know he's leaving. Yeah. And doing something, but he, why would he fund the Sons of the Harpies? He have, that would have put himself in danger. Like he to was in get, that... to get her out of Marine, so she doesn't get comfortable there or something. That is, that's. I mean, he's in the palace. He could walk up to her and be like, "Hey, so this is what you know." There's no. This is somebody who has been pro Targaryen, pro Team Targaryen since season Forever. one. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, what would he gain by intentionally sabotaging everything she's she's done? Like, there's so I many. Don't know. Other, so uh, that's bull. I call bullshit on that. Okay. Well, let's move on to the really wild speculation, which is we know next week is called uh, well, is it called Battle of the Bastards? The actual episode name, but we know we're getting it. Yeah, we might as well just call it the battle. If they don't call it that, I'll be a little sad actually, because you know. So I don't know. In the preview, and this is amazing because, and again, like I, I've tried so hard this season not to listen to Storm of Spoilers, but I, they say so much cool stuff in one episode that. I've, I listened to like one episode two weeks ago, and I've filled myself out up for two weeks. So um, they are definitely the ones who caught this. There's mm-hmm. a scene in the preview for next week, which was in a preview for the season or something, mm-hmm. where Davos is looking over this like pile of <clears throat> like an old fire, like the ashes mm-hmm. of a fire, mm-hmm. and they called it back then that he's going to discover. Um, Shireen's little toy or whatever in that, oh, or like her, you know, in that fire, and because they brought up a couple weeks ago, whenever this last episode of theirs I was that I listened to was, 
why why did they go back to the same camp that Stannis was at when he was defeated by mm-hmm. uh, Ramsay? Mm-hmm. And and one of them said, oh, but didn't you see in the preview, Davos is standing over that fire pit. They went back there as a plot device so he could discover it's more than that, Shireen. though. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it's convenient, I mean, but they could have, I mean, like, where else would they have stayed? Would they have used their own resources to pitch up another camp? I mean, they knew that. Well, was right, that. right, yeah. I, I mean, it's not merely a plot device, but... It, there's definitely that moment, like we've seen it. That, so that's going to happen. We mm-hmm. haven't seen Melisandre in several episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if there's some kind of a reckoning that's going to happen between Davos and, and her. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've already speculated a little bit on like, you know, do the Knights of the Vale make it in time? Are we going to see something really weird like um, uh, the, you know, the one of those other northern houses deciding they do want to back Sansa and John. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so I now that you say that out loud, I, I have this vision of, like, multiple Rohans showing up. <laughs> like, so, so you know, it's going to be one of those things where they, they start and they start getting their asses handed to them. And, you know, on the, and maybe it's, maybe it's not all at once. It would be kind of cool if it was, but, yeah, it's a little too dramatic, overdramatic. Although, you know what? Uh, fuck that. Arya last week has... has Taken off the table anything, or sorry, it's put on the table <laughs> anything over dramatic. Like there's no, I can't say, oh well, they don't usually do that kind of stuff because everything about Arya was was that way. But I feel like they'll, um, you know, they're 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 gonna get in the thick of it. They're gonna lose, you know, about halfway through they're gonna start losing. Then we're gonna see the Knights of the Vale. We're gonna see that one camp of uh, the Karstarks. Um, we're gonna see, you know, maybe well, some show up. You know, all that stuff. I think the Karstarks are are fully. In camp. Oh, that's right. Who did she talk to that turned her down? Who had just taken um, back? Um, uh... damn. Um, the ones that were really nasty to her that uh, John turned around while she was talking yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot, but it's not. So the Umbers are the ones that delivered Rickon uh-huh. to uh, Bolton. The Karstarks were already like. That's right. Her yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's like that family it, will show up. So I imagine like two or three will show up and tilt the. Because here's here's what can't happen. Everybody, we can't have huge significant losses on one side or the other. You know, yeah. um, because who the hell is going to be left to fight the? It's not going to be believable that they're going to stand a chance against the White Walkers. So well, we need something. Let's throw this out there. Arya, even though she was a giant fart this episode, is supposedly a trained assassin on her way back to Winterfell who can put on different faces. It's going to take um, a lot longer to get there. If we're to believe the timeline of the show. She jumps on that that special boat of little fingers, and she's there overnight. <laughs> <laughs> little fingers. How, how does Littlefinger get everywhere? So underwater. Yeah, that. you know what? That's a great point. He's got like this James Bond esque sub that he just pilots around. You know. Yeah. It's, it's called a mock bird. Dan, Dan, um, so she gets over there on one of those giant. Quiburn eagle, is his cue. Eagles from. Quiburn's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll, sorry. No, but maybe she shows up. I mean, maybe she kills Ramsay from the inside, no. like sneaks into Winterfell no. because she's in a different face. Um, that's too much. That's too much. That's I'm taking. Off the rails. I'm just trying to throw stuff out there. No, it's take. It, logistically, it would be very difficult to do, and it takes what was an overdramatic moment anyway, and just it rams it up our throats. Like you really, yeah. You know, I mean, just it's. She might as well be falling through the ceiling, you know, being repelled from a, an eagle or something if she's going to do, you know. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I mean, it's well, like, let's so just take it, take it to the max. Varys is also on his way over there, right? Yeah. I mean, not to the north, 
Um, I think he's going. I think he's going I to think, uh, Dorn. I think way. he's going to Dorn to secure like a landing spot for yeah. Neris or something. Because why bring Dorn back? They've been absent now three, four, or five episodes. Um, well, more than that, even they. I think they were in that first episode and they we just didn't see him. I you mean, know? why? Why even say the name Dorn again if it's not? Where he's got like why they I don't see how you include them in you know fourteen more episodes after this other than to you know assist Daenerys. I feel like well, so Jamie has got an army at River Run. Yeah. Um, he I mean it's possible that it's not in his best interests to let the Boltons control the North. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there, like. Didn't, but you know, didn't the Lannisters? Didn't Tywin Lannister, uh, you know, give Roose Bolton the North in exchange well, for doing what he did? Didn't no wait. Didn't yes, he did. But then didn't Roose? Uh, um, Roose. Oh no 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 no. Uh, I guess Littlefinger betrayed the Lannisters. Yeah. But by giving Sansa to them. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Any, anywho. It seems like Roos had, had brought up the Lannisters, too, as in we've already screwed that up. I'm not Probably really because, sure. I think because they married Sansa to Ramsay. I think that's what – because that just basically – because they – I mean, Sansa was a wanted fugitive under Lannister rule. So they, Do you think Sansa has to be the one to kill Ramsay? That's a great question. So how is he going to end? Because I think a lot of people want some big drawn-out thing given all his – you know, they want a Joffrey style death. I almost feel like, you know, I almost feel like it should be one of those things where one one in his last gasp is just like one one mad and just smashes him or something. You know, it's like <laughs> something where it, it's just it, it's almost. I feel like it would it would disrespect him more as a character if it was just some you know some some little Ollie kind of kid or something or Leanna Leanna. Oh. Be, imagine this. Imagine if Ramsey's like you know they've. They've got you know he's he's la- you know he's the last one he knows it so he's just like he crawls up on Sansa he's like I'm gonna show you you know and he's got a knife or something and all of a sudden this like arrow or this lance comes like charging through his heart and you know and Lyanna Mormont just you know, nods smiles and kind of walks up she's like you know or yeah. says something like ten men <laughs> ten men I told you you know or something yeah. would be really funny oh god I I mean um, I just don't know you know do the do the uh, do the people of Molestown come out and fight for him? <laughs> it looks the odds are bad. So several episodes ago, I mentioned that um, I said I had some predictions for who might make it or not, and I wasn't yes. necessarily talking about the Battle of Bastards. And you said, "Oh, just lay them on us," and I was like, "No, no, no, we should wait." Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this is the time. <laughs> do Let's do it. I don't think Sansa makes it to the end of this series. End of the series, I'd agree. End of the season, I would say she does. I, part of me, uh, you know, in the in the way that we've discussed over several episodes, just I just don't trust the instincts, and we, you know, we get we I don't trust the 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 way the plot's moving, like that the showrunners are running things, and we see that in an episode like this week's where yeah. Arya inexplicably lives, um, uh, even though it would have been disappointing to see her die, <laughs> but. I just kind of feel like some weird thing happens and we go out on this, you know, farty deflated note of Ramsey going down, but Sansa also going mm. down. The question but is, I, do you think they're intentionally setting up a Stark family reunion? I think that's what everyone's hoping for. Um, and, but here's the other thing. Here's the other side of that coin is that even if she doesn't 
you know, somehow, uh, even if if Sansa uh, survives the Battle of the Bastards, which, you know, it's kind of like weird because I mean, she's not really battling anybody. She's not, I don't think, going to, you know, put on some armor and charge in there. Um, <laughs> but I, I wonder if Ramsay escapes, mm. you know, and if he it sort of lives to torture another day. Um, I don't know that, like, I, I think I said that even, I don't know that he's going to get his comeuppance or that we're going to see it because it's been teased out so long of, like, everyone wants a guy dead, and I just I just don't know, you know? Um, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm kind I think, of... So I think, I, well, let's, let's, okay, let's go through this. You think Sansa, who else? Um... As mentioned, uh, I I I think Jamie's going to kill Cersei. Okay. And again, maybe that's into the series, not this season. But I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember, do, both both final episodes are extra long, so they've got time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Rickon, I think, is a goner. Okay. Uh, like no no way, Rickon. You know. Um, uh, I I'm. I think Melisandre's on that list. Yeah, I. She served um, her purpose, and there's no way Davos forgives her for this. Although, you know what? I will say this: one thing I didn't mention about last last week that I, I was yeah. really frustrated by, as all you know, for all the cool stuff, Captain Exposition Seaworth needs to it, it, like like the scene <laughs> with the scene with Lyanna uh, was was revealing on this front. Like it was it was easy to get distracted. And I think because I rewound it four times, I caught this in the right way. Uh-huh. Um, in between, you know, if you're not distracted by how awesome she is, Davos all of a sudden, it, you know, he's he's coming forward and talking about like, you know, your grandpa chose him because he's really cool, and I'm just like, you weren't even there. How do you even know that story? Like, you didn't <laughs> know any of those people. Like, it wasn't like he was at the Night's Watch too and observed it this whole time. It's like Davos is getting way too convenient. I was giving him kind of the benefit for the doubt because, like I said, he's a hopeless romantic. He needs someone to believe in. But this is almost like he—it's like he went back and read like you know the Jon Snow fan club newsletters from like the last two years. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's just like there's what is going on with him. I, I, I you know, I still give him the credit. I still say this is a guy who you know sort of learned where his place is in the world, and um, he—he's the type of guy that would go back and and uh, you know eat meals with the you know with the grunts of the night's watch and get to know them and learn their history and like he's you know he's That's the man of the people kind of guy right. I, I yeah i can't Give but you're right it is it is then. funny that like he's but you know what i keep thinking is literally every episode we learn why the starks as a family are useless yeah you know like well Tyrion had that in the joke too remember like Tyrion's talking about the different you know, oh yeah gonna mention how you know that start one of those stark uh, character flaws where they're just they're so virtuous and it's just like it, you're, you're kind of useless at the end of the day, man. Um, no, so so all right, fine, fair enough. I'd give me twenty seconds then, where where Davos is sitting down with you know any of the the prominent Night's Watchmen, just being like, so tell me a little bit about you, so, you know, just like something yeah, where yeah. you get a sense of that that's happening. No, I get um, it. But go, he, but I think like he I, has to come in there and save. Uh, <laughs> You know, he he was the one that went to the Iron Bank of Bravos and convinced them to fund Stannis. You know, he's the like somehow the master negotiator. You'd think word uh, would have spread about that, by the way. Like ravens would have been sent out by like you know the the bankers of Davos. You know, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> like just like, hey, hey, if you see this man, don't admit. Like you know, like a restaurant that takes your picture when you when you can't like, <laughs> not admit bounce, it. You bounce think, check. <laughs> yeah. You think there would have been like you know, ravens would have been circulated at all the great houses, like you know, in both sides of the of the ocean. Like, hey, this guy borrowed a lot of money from us, and we haven't seen a dime of it. So you know, don't admit. Uh, yeah, you can help it. Like Leanna busted out. I have heard because remember she she gives she throws some shade at Sansa. She's like, oh. I heard you married uh, two guys. I guess that's just what we've heard here. I'll give you the benefit yeah. of the doubt. It'd been hilarious that if she turned to Davos and goes, and I've also heard about you and your credit history. It's not really <laughs> solid. writing checks. Your ass can't cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, there's that's that. Davos, man. I think I think Davos ends uh, Melisandre. I don't see there. I don't see what purpose she serves. Um, she brought John back. I think there's they're setting up some of the other red priestesses to be a bit more badass. Um, yeah, you know, I just and I feel like she needs a Davos needs something beside you know something to kind of react to that's a bit more than just hello, you know. So it's just like I I feel like she's gonna go down. Um, I think Sansa. I I'm I'm gonna stay stay firm on Sansa living. Uh, you know, if a Stark's gonna die, why would they kill Rickon and Sansa in the same season? It's got to be one or the other. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, how gr- what a, gr- a grisly thing to contemplate. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. You know, maybe, I mean, does, does Brienne to... show up with the children of the forest? Uh, but they're all dead, right? No, he's up. He's up with uh, Benjen right now. They're kind of undercover. I don't think we're gonna see Bran again, maybe. But I think we're gonna get one more sort of scene. Then he's he's kind of waylaid until shit starts happening. You know, yeah, White Walkers and everything. I don't know. I'm just if if Benjen comes riding in on a giant elk, and Brand's like mind controlling all of the Boltons. Oh man, Ooh, oh. There's, there's an interesting, interesting idea. <laughs> I now, mean, they can't. You're, you're, of all the people you've proposed showing up, um, <laughs> haven't been there. That makes the most. He's the closest of any of them, and he that would the actually closest. make the most sense. Although we'd have to answer that question of can Benjen leave you know, across the wall, and then I think that's if that's to be a thing, yeah, it's going to be more of a loaded. That needs time to breathe. It can't just be like, hey, wait a second, can he do that? Yeah. You know, they can't just magic all that stuff on us all at once. Yeah. I do think there's a setup to this battle, even though it's weird that it hasn't been talked about in the same way as like Blackwater Bay or. Oh, though I guess like Hardhome came out of the blue. But I remember yeah. the season before Hardhome where um, there were two battles against. Well, there was one battle against the Wildlings that was so huge it took two episodes. Oh yeah, where well, I was like, died. I was like, that was fantastic. Like that was just amazing that they just kept it going, you know. Um, yeah. And you're talking about the assault on the wall that ends with Stannis yeah. ro- rolling in. Okay. Yes. Um, because there's a first assault, and then there's like that the mm-hmm. double assault later, and once John makes it back to the wall or whatever. And um, I I do think that this battle of the bastards they they've built up in like there are almost no last resorts for mm-hmm. John and Sansa. You know, mm-hmm. they're um they're really backed into a corner here because even you know even the Rob battles of the first couple seasons and Blackwater Bay and all those things there were always like more troops that could sweep in you know and i really think we're you know just what you and i are talking about right now is kind of showing us like no these these stakes are really huge you know yeah, and that's what we're meant yeah. to we're meant think, to see with it so i think that's I, why they're not going to get into any kind of you know fuckery with ramsay you know rape, well, that and ramsay raping sansa one last time you know like oh i think my they're God. i think they they're kind of that. 
Yeah, I mean, they, it would be the end of the show. If we hadn't seen any of these killer episodes, I would, I would kind of be more scared. But they've rebuilt my trust. So I'm, I, I feel like with the stakes being as high and as serious as they are, it's, it's going to be a serious, somber outcome. It's not going to be, you know. And yeah. maybe, and hey, let me throw one more piece of really wild. I don't. I would never think they would do it this season. But shit, what if? And remember, this is the Ned's head episode. Yep. Remember what that means. What's the biggest Ned's head they could possibly do this season? That would that that would shock you at when it's happening, and would be the biggest Ned's head they could ever do. I don't know. I've, we've just thrown out so many wild, crazy ideas. What What do you have in mind? And this would this would kind of explain how the fight just ends without large casualties. What if uh, you you know there's like a shake? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to say this as though it's like the real script. You know the, the fighting's commencing. They hear like a, a shake or an earthquake tremor, <laughs> and they stop and they look kind of low. They everybody kind of like you know, and then it happens again really loud. Oh, and it you've, been, down, you've been hoping for this for so and many they, years. And and then all of a sudden the camera swoops up over, almost like in the opening credits, up over to the wall, and you and it kind of zooms in, and you see the the Night King with the Horn of Winter. And I know they haven't established that yet, but who cares? With the Horn of Winter or some other magical you know device, basically using it, and you see this like gigantic like. Uh, you know, like a like a uh, uh, audio, a sound uh, sound wave kind of thing hitting the wall, or just the wall shaking, and giant cracks start you know breaking up, and then all of a sudden, like you know, the fight, you know, the the fighting keeps kind of trying to start and stop, and they they know something's horribly wrong, and then like somebody tells them that the walls come down. Maybe like you know later on, like one of the knights watching, like the last surviving ones, like hey, the wall, you know, the walls that something where the you wall know. comes down, they start invading, and then it's everybody's you know Ramsey's. I like this speculation better than anything because it's like it 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 repositions all of those people. Yes. Like if a zombie army comes flooding through the wall, then who gives a shit about Winterfell? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like all the Umbers, the Karstarks, um, the Boltons, all the all the like you know rank and file are going to fight these zombies. They're not going to. Give a shit whether John or Sansa or Ramsay or whoever. I think they kill. I mean, in that situation, they kill Ramsay, but then there is a loose alliance of everybody left, and you get a castle at Winterfell that's that's populated by a bunch of smart, you know, especially if you throw in Baelish, you know, uh, there's a bunch of smart folks in that castle all of a sudden. And honestly, now that now that we're playing that out, that is like the like the most satisfying and maybe the only satisfying conclusion. Because, I, you know, I just feel like it's, I think, you know, you brought this up. Like, they run this, they, they have this huge battle, then who's left to yeah. fight this? And then I'm thinking of it from the Davos side of, like, he's done a great job of convincing other people, hey, the real battle is coming. You know, like, yeah. this, we just have to be strong for that thing. And, and what if so that, until and, that thing happens, yeah. it's like nobody's going to be on the, you know, he's gotten all the wildlings he can. Like there's just no, no one else is on their side, you know? It's I mean, the thing I, that would make everybody collectively go, what the hell? Like it, it was yeah. all we're going to be talking about. And then they're going to somehow find a way to emote. So, so they'll do a one, two punch. This episode will be the Holy fuck moment where everybody just loses their, their collective shits. And we, you know, we talk, yeah. and then the final episode is going to be the Ned's head emotional moment where I'm just going to go out and say, Cersei's gonna, it, Cersei's gonna die, and Jamie's gonna do it. So we're gonna leave this season going, oh my god, like, and just not, you know, 
it, that's where they're going to leave us off. Like if they, I mean, if they wanted to really amp this up and take and use these tricks that they've used before to really get us excited for the next season, like that's what, what else can you do? You know, I know that's a big one, man. If they, so the ep, you're saying there's a battle and it's just, it's, it's fierce and awful and we don't know who's going to make it out on the other side. And then right as the episode's closing, we hear this horn and watch we don't the hear wall that, crumble. Be a horn. We just, it's like, it's like the, we just watch the wall crumble. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And then, yeah. And then episode 10 is like, we're not even at Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, we're just that's watching that's... Cersei set fire to her son. Yep. And, and you've got one episode purely of ice, one episode purely of fire. And it yeah, and you're locks like, us in, you know, son of a bitch. We're, yeah. All right, and we I don't like even that. see. You know, maybe there's, maybe we we come back to to Marine. Maybe we don't. Maybe that all that's sort of set in motion for next season. But like something where, I mean, because here, here's I think, the thing. I think at least we see sometime in episode ten, we see the Greyjoys sweep in the Marine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're we the don't. Maybe there's there. no there's no battle, but we just see the Greyjoy ships. You know, the Kraken yep. sails. Uh, coming in over the horizon, it's well, like, okay. Did you didn't? I mean, because when she when Daenerys landed, one thing we didn't talk about: where does the dragon go? Does he go off to burn the ships? Does he just go off to go off? What what happens? <laughs> you know, like we don't even get to. I see mean, that was even more like the superheroy moment of you know, oh, I just flew in on my dragon, and she just like, walked in. Let and me jump him. down off the roof onto your patio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I but they couldn't have had the. I mean, they could have. But it would have been so dumb if the dragon just flew out there and burned all the ships. But what else is it going to do? Like, I mean, she's clearly seeing the ships invade. And she's it's just flying in. It's not like she's like, oh, what, huh? Weird. Yeah, these are the rules of dragons. They just burn everything. She could have been like, Nishka, Nikakala, and you know, the dragon goes off. and. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. The, whatever. Um, my my uh, Valer- Valerianese, is, or my old Valeria is, is obviously my, actually, that would be Dothraki. That, that, needs, some, that needs some work. Oh, I think it's just the Dracarys. Dracarys. The, yeah, but when the you, there's the feminine, thing, right? the feminine Dothraki is, is a bit more, more, uh, more, kind of like parcel tongue. There's kind of a hasa kind of a thing. Oh. <laughs> you know, where it's, it's, I don't know, just the way she does it seems kind of, it, there's something more. Maybe there's like certain pronouns that are feminine, just like in Spanish. I don't know. Um, yeah. Where, where were we going with that? What, what else were we well, going with? Well, I, yeah, I, so, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Wild speculation. That, like, that's, it probably won't. That's that's it's 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 you know a hair on the other side of too crazy. But I mean, damn it, they've got extra. They've been telling us, hey, these are going to be longer episodes. Hey, isn't one called the Song of Ice and Fire? Isn't that the title of like next week or the week after? Oh my gosh, I did not know. Really? So so let me do you one better. If that's the case, I think the battle goes and ends all next week, and then the oh, final it's the win- episode, it's the winds of winter is the winds last. Of winter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna go on. I like I, I like your theory here. I, I think, think the battle. There... I think the battle happens. I think the battle ends. I think though, what I described the wall coming down is next week, and then Cersei. I don't. I I like your thing. I think Cersei stays until next season. Seems like a yeah. long time to draw that out, though, which is why I'm thinking maybe we've seen a trial. We've seen all these things. Why not just jump in and give us like ten minutes? Of that, you know, uh, who knows? But at the very least, I think the wall. Uh, now I'm now I'm obsessed with this idea. I think the wall is going to come down. I I I mean, the more we look into this, then the winds of winter is them sweeping. You know, is the wild? I mean, not the wildlings. The uh, uh, white walkers. You know, the, the, yeah, the white walkers. Thank you. And the night king sweeping in 
over the wall or under the wall or through the wall or whatever, and it's like, oh shit, you know. If they don't, winter's or, here. Or okay, so it's not the wall come. I want to see the wall come down. That's been like the lore talks about that being a possibility. But if they want to go more low budget, but they want that same effect, maybe instead of that, it is a shot of uh, Castle Black. Yeah. And the camera kind of pans around silently. And you just keep seeing dead body, dead body, dead body, dead body pans up, and it's the Night King, and a bunch, and then like it pans back again. All those dead bodies are now standing, and they're all, and it's based, and then it pans out out of the castle as, you know, the winds of winter blow into the credits. Something where it's just like, oh fuck, they, you know, they yeah. they've started they've started entering the north, you know. Well, and there's also a tunnel under the wall. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they get through that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we haven't addressed the magic of the wall. I mean, we addressed that several episodes ago, but yeah, um, yeah I guess it's really just the horn that can do it. They haven't really addressed um, the horn, though. Like that hasn't been mentioned as an artifact or anything. You know, Sam. You know, of all the bullshit with Sam, he could have been at the freaking maester training. Where, where oh, he could have been at Old Town this whole time. The Citadel, he, or, or the Citadel. Yeah, yeah. And we have one scene where it cuts in, and he like looks at some ancient scroll that mentions the horn. Like that could have been our looking at Sam this season instead of, you know, Pride, Prejudice, and uh, do, do, what, what's Sam's last name? The Tarleys. Tarleys. There we Tar- go. Yeah, Tarley. Pride, yeah. Downton Tarley. There we go. That's that's what we should call yeah, it. Downton Tarley. Yeah. Well, I uh, I like all the speculation. I wish you know. I mean, we could keep going and try to guess the exact plots, but um, we'll we'll know soon enough. In just a yeah. couple of days, couple the battle of days. Of so. I think that cuts that covers it for this week. Um, oh yeah, we have we have covered it all. We've gone a little uh, long, but um, it's been fun. You can find me. I'm at Taylor Trask on Twitter, and I'm at Hey Todd A on Twitter, and we are both Todd and Taylor dot com, where you can find all of our episodes. Um, we have several seasons out now, and we're also on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud and uh, every podcast app that you want. Just look for The Todd and Taylor Show, um, and you'll find us. Excellent. Well, it's been fun. We'll see you guys next week. Look into your I am